Isn't that a great ad? It's a fantastic ad. I, I and I don't know if you've uh, if you're going to vote for Hillary or not, but if you weren't, I'm sure that that probably at least pushed you in that direction a little bit, right? I mean, I thought I thought it was an ad that Hillary made for Trump. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, does she not realize that everybody who supported Trump thinks that ad is hilarious? <laughs> Everything Trump said was hilarious. You know, I mean, it was he's the funniest president we've ever had. I didn't get to see so many presidents. Think of the early presidents we didn't get to see. Maybe Lincoln was a hoot, you know, but. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because we talk about him like he's dead. Well, you know. They didn't kill the the, the Trump that's inside all of us, you know, but they, they certainly seen they, they didn't even really take him out of the picture. So why do we do that? What are you even up to, man? Nothing. I mean, all kinds of shit, really. I'm launching all kinds of new uh, concepts, show concepts on uh, locals. So, uh, you know, a, a new music show where we're going to like listen to music. Ease into the night with a uh, late AF with Douglas Nelson. That's another one. And uh, Dog Fuckers is another show that we've been doing. Uh, myself and Anthony Zenhauser. It's all, all stories about people who fuck dogs. And I've been meaning to do this show for a long time. And I finally got somebody to do it with me. Do you need that, guests? Because I know a guy that knows that has a great dog fuck story. Yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. I mean, we, we so far we've just been talking about news stories, but if you got somebody with direct experience, that's that's next level. Yeah. So I have a I have a buddy. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but we were close friends for a while. Um, he uh, worked in the mental um, the mental health level of the Vanderbilt Hospital, and he has the funniest fucking story I've ever heard about a woman coming in with a that with a dog stuck inside of her hidden under a trench coat. I swear and, to God, and, I was going to say that as a joke. Did she get it stuck in, somebody get it stuck inside him? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got real thick, you know, Southern accent and he's not dumb, but he sounds real dumb, but he's not. I mean, he's like a real smart guy. And so yeah. he's like, and she came in there. We're like, why don't you take off your coat? And she's like, I don't want to take off my coat. We're like, lady, you got to take off your coat. And he's telling the story. It's like, they, it's a fucking like German shepherd, you know, and they're just stuck inside you know, a huge dog. No way. A full grown yeah. German shepherd under a that, coat. That's the way he tells the story. Yeah. I think, and I don't think he's lying, but he worked in the mental health, uh, level like i said and he's got the funniest stories i've ever heard in my entire life very well, disturbing that would have to be a rear entry and how do you get the dog to hold on for dear life i think life? it was uh, i think it was like a missionary situation that's unnatural yeah yeah it's un yeah that, the the position is what's disturbing yes for the dog it was a new thing no wonder he got stuck <laughs> so are you still doing the crime report Yes, Compound Media, Crime Report. I guess I should mention that. Of course, that's my main channel. I'm still doing the, the podcast version uh, that I've been doing since 2011, New York City Crime Report, reporting on crimes that happen right out there. And I never, you know, for a little while, the, the crimes were getting a little vanilla. It was just a lot of shootings, you know, because yeah. they're covering the increase in shootings was so great. Now everybody's kind of adjusted to the increased shootings. They still report them, you know, but now we can get back into the, I don't like somebody set somebody on fire, you know, uh, a, a traveling nurse set somebody on fire and then also hit him with a with a friggin wrench. You know, that's what I like to hear. Yes. You so know, like committed to the idea you want somebody dead. Well, if you're going to commit a crime to add a little creativity to it is I don't know. I just think it, it, it makes it so much better. So it's funny. I thought of you the other day because I have been on Getter streaming all of the joe rogan episodes that joe rogan deleted because i backed them all up that's great man i saw that you were doing some of that I, I watched a good deal of one it was him and gavin mckinnis fascinating 
Gavin, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Gavin. It's just so fucking funny and smart. Um, but the the episode that I thought of you on was uh, when he had uh, Mike Ward and uh, Pantelis on. Is Mike Ward the Canadian comedian? Is he involved Pantel- with Compound? Pantelis, excuse me. Is yeah. he involved with uh, Compound Media still? No, he's not. Neither one of them. They were doing it for a long time, and Mike Ward's a great dude. And Pantelis, yeah. also, I, I like Pantelis as well. He's a funny comic. They're both good. Ward, uh, as you know, we all know the story, you know, about how he got like totally fined for saying something completely innocuous. He made uh, fun of like a disabled kid. Yeah. Uh, whatever made, happened with that case Did he win? No, he lost. I mean, like, as far as I know, he might've appealed it and, you know, but last I heard he was ordered to pay 75,000 something, whatever. I don't know. Uh, whatever their money is. It's Canada, but it's French. I don't know if it's, I guess it's probably Canadian dollars or something, but a lot of money. So that's Man. that's a pretty bad thing to happen. He he made fun of the kid, but he didn't really make the disabled kid. They he made fun of the fact he was still alive after going through all this like yeah yeah you know fundraising stuff. And he's like, wait, we all chipped in. Now he's right. still alive. You're supposed to die after you make a wish. Like yeah. otherwise, everyone feels kind of ripped off. And you know what? The kid was in interviews about it with the mother, and and unsurprisingly, I mean, the kid was just insufferable even for short amounts of time, like saying it does not seem right to me that he would make fun of disabled child me, you know, and all this shit. It's like, uh, uh, he's French. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. even worse. It's terrible. And, and uh, like, what kind of people say, I don't really want to ruin a comedy show. Okay, they have no right to say this about my, so, I mean, like once you become a public figure, it doesn't matter how fucking disabled you are. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You, I mean, you can make, you can make fun of Joe Biden all day, all day long for having dementia. Yeah, that's fair game. He's public I, figure. I have not heard it. Nobody about it. Nobody's come down on him for that. Nobody's come down on anybody for that because it's it's yeah, he's fair game. He's the president. I mean, that is the most fair game person in the world. Do you think that Joe Biden got a lot of action when he was young? Yes. Oh, boy. He's tearing it up. I think he's I think he insisted on it. I think I think there were certain times when he insisted on it. So you think he's a rapist? Well, I mean, it's documented by one woman, and she sounded credible to me talking about it, that she worked for him, and then he was like, uh, he did the thing that everybody faulted Trump for even talking about. He grabbed her by the, he literally grabbed her by the pussy. Well, when you're a star, they, they let you do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then, you know, they, I mean, you know. <laughs> I love they, they let you do whatever you want. But so, so I you know, yeah, he has. So, so I wanted to ask you and and we can just totally neglect the subject if you want, because I don't know if you know Joe Rogan or not. But no, I don't what know. What are your what are your thoughts on this recent debacle the last couple of weeks? I, 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 I'm a guy, huge fan. Who is this guy? No, uh, he <laughs> uh, my thoughts are going to be some scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very predictable. Uh, he needs to be not spreading misinformation and disinformation should be taken off the air. Neil Young says so. Nils Lofgren says so. Joni Mitchell says so. And I always listen to the boomers. I take my cues from them. You know, if, if, if yeah, somebody they're right about everything else. Yeah, they pulled up the ladder, right? Yeah, exactly. They've never been wrong before. I, they've always been uh, the kind of people that preserve uh, 
a way of life and shit. I, I hate the boomers so much. Of course, Joe Rogan should say whatever the fuck he wants. And he's just asking questions. And then if, if what they were saying wasn't true, they wouldn't they wouldn't even bother them. So when they just label something misinformation, I think that's my problem is how generally they speak. What do you mean misinformation? Point to the misinformation. Say the thing that it is incorrect, but they don't do that. Generalize it. And, and when they just scatter it like that across, like it's just wrong for him to do that. And, and people are like, I want him taken off the air. I mean, what was it? What was the thing that was so bad? Right. Well, and you know, I expected that there would be an obnoxious amount of backlash against Joe. Cause there has been for five years. And I knew that it was only going to get worse as the political climate gets more and more uh, heated. But I was very surprised to see him choose to delete, you know, 110 episodes total and to apologize like that. And don't get me wrong. I'm still a fan of Joe. I have always been a fan of Joe. And so I haven't like lost hope. I'm not canceling. I'm not trying to talk shit or anything, but I just can't wrap my head around why. Why? Because he didn't have, why back down at all? Yeah. Like, was he going to lose his deal with Spotify? Like, what's the deal? I mean, even if he did, he would be able to go to rumble apparently for a lot. Right. And um, so and he must money. just have been genuinely sorry. Well, I mean, once they put together that uh, that clip, you know, where he says uh, the ethnic slur over and over again, and there's only one. Which one? Uh, which, which, hey! That's the word. Oh, shit. <laughs> now I got to take it off YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you asked a question. That is a dare. Walk across this line. I mean, like, I'm the thing is, we're talking about a word. I'm not talking about people. And sure. uh, and I think that with, with Joe Rogan, um, once once you, I remember one occasion where I was just repeating something that was on a video that we were playing on um, the podcast way back in like 2012 or something. And when I heard myself saying it over and over again, even though I'm just saying what the guy is saying on the video. And sort of laughing about it, I thought, man, that word sounds ugly coming out of my mouth. And I had uh, the guy who's producing it at the time, like, please take that down right away. It just it really, it you know, it, it hits you weird sometimes, you know, because you don't, you know what you meant, but it doesn't sound like that's what you meant. And, and uh, yeah, you know, at the same time, he's got a little bit more responsibility than I did as far as like, you know, like he can influence the culture and, and, you know, he could have just said what Trump said. I don't think we have time for all this political correctness and, you know, to, to be worried about that all the time. There's other things to worry about. Let's not let that become the focal point. You know, that's been my problem with the Joe Rogan thing the whole time is it's become about Joe Rogan and not about mass formation, psychosis, ivermectin and um, over reporting deaths and all that shit. You know I mean? They had, those guys had a lot to say, and now it's just like become, you know, Rogan is just like a uh, the word. It's it's like it's, you know, we're, we're just here Rogan and and it's all divided up. We know who's against it, who's for it. I don't know. I mean, like to be against free speech is a pretty big thing. And I don't even I don't know where misinformation became something you're not allowed to do. I don't understand that. I mean, misinformation is, is something that can be controlled by people. It's, well, and this- it changes like the Hunter Biden laptop story was misinformation until it was proven. Sure. That's that's the other point is that like it's only misinformation till it's not right. It, 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 and verifying something, you know, the fact that Twitter verifies it. Look, I, I have more faith in the New York Post, the fourth largest circulation newspaper in the world or the country or whatever than I do uh, than I do Twitter. You know, honestly, I never thought that I was going to get to this point, Pat, but I got to the point during this pandemic where I, 
I just had to go straight to PubMed and read the fucking studies. PubMed? PubMed's like the website where all the medical studies are. It's I didn't like know public. Check it out. You go to, it's either PubMed.com or .org, and you can type in keywords, and it'll show you all the studies that have the keywords. So like things like um, leaky vaccines, for example. You remember how that was misinformation? Um, uh, the idea that if the vaccine doesn't totally kill the virus, then the virus can mutate and become more resistant because it wasn't totally, you know, wiped out by the vaccine. So I, I like, you know, the left wing corporate media was saying that that was bullshit. And then all the righties were saying that was definitely happening. So I had to go on PubMed and read the fucking studies. And there's studies from 2015. Leaky, leaky vaccines are a thing. I, I, there aren't any studies about these particular vaccines because they're so new. But it's certainly uh, something that scientists before this pandemic were concerned about and writing about and doing studies about. Not something uh, vaccine, right off yeah, out of hand. Okay. Right, right. And for, exactly. And vaccine shedding, the same thing. Vaccine shedding is known to occur uh, with the MMR vaccine that we give babies. It's when, um, you know, they, 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 the, the MMR vaccine is a live virus vaccine. So they uh, inject you with a, a live weakened version of the virus. It's not dead. It's just weakened. And uh, for a couple of weeks after, the, after you give your baby that vaccine, they shed the live virus and you can actually catch it. So you, could, you can get measles you know, like a really mild, very, very mild, harmless form of measles from someone who's been vaccinated for measles because of the shedding. And like they were all saying that was all bullshit. And I'm like, look, it might be bullshit with this vaccine. I don't know. But vaccine shedding is a phenomenon that's documented on PubMed by these fucking scientists funded by the CDC before it was controversial. Like, so you just got to go straight to the studies, man. Yeah. And and you go, there's no way they know it isn't a factor with the new vaccines. They haven't done the, the testing and stuff that had to happen. One thing about Trump doing the uh, people like, why did he get so behind the vaccine? You know, like creating a vaccine and the super warp speed and all that stuff. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I figure like when they were asking Fauci about a vaccine, he's like, well, it's good to take years of study. And, you know, it has all this. He wanted it to go on forever. He wanted to really drag it out. You know, like this period of time of waiting for the vaccine would have been elongated and it would have made this whole, you know, pandemic just endless you know as we go through trial after trial and all that kind of stuff and i figure that the warp speed that's what that was about like let me get it done get the fine vaccine if you want it there you go Uh, yeah i think i think he wanted i think he thought that america really wanted a vaccine and i think in the beginning they did and i think he's like he did everything he could to try to make it happen before the election and he was like about a month off I, that's my theory. And then what happened was Biden came into office and now all the Republicans hate Biden so much that they're just like, fuck the vaccine since he's pushing it, you know? So I don't know. Maybe that's an oversimplification. I don't know. I, I'm not like a huge, I'm not, I'm certainly not a fan of the mandates. And I think that the science is certainly questionable on the uh, vaccines. I mean, everybody seems to have gotten COVID. Um, uh, but uh, I think that ultimately the Operation Warp Speed shit was like, hey, let's try to get this done before the election so we can use it as a, you know, uh, a notch in our belt i think it was done too i think i i seem to remember there was something they kind of held it back they didn't yeah. want it to happen they and and so man I, I, there's so many layers of bureaucracy and bullshit and and uh just what you know what people evildoers or whatever you know i mean i hate to use the george bush term evildoers you know that's what they are uh they're built into the government down to the root you know they hired a ton of them the uh, attorney general under Obama, I forget his name, but the, you know, whatever the guy is. Uh, Eric Holder? Eric Holder hired a shitload of Democrats and just, you know, stuffed them into the bureaucracy. And I mean, there's no getting rid of them. Apparently, they have jobs forever and you can't fire them. Yeah. 
a lot of people say Trump came in, he should have fired everybody, you know, and he can't. I have those people, I don't think he can fire, but like even you know, the people that he can, he like, uh, it's one of those keep your enemies closer kind of things. I think that the reason that he didn't fire everybody is so that he would have them there uh, with some accountability. Like if you're the head of the FBI, you're accountable to somebody, but you know, they have power whether they have position or not. These kind of people at that level, Fauci, yeah. Hillary Clinton, you know, Obama, they're all like, swarming around and they have you know some uh, say so over shit whether they're involved or not so i figured maybe that was why that you know he he made that apparent well, mistake i think he was positive that he had eight years and he just didn't so i think that we um we're witnessing the mona lisa half painted <laughs> yeah. yeah it's half great by the way speaking of paintings you know the starry night painting the van gogh painting that's super famous oh yeah did you know that Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson figured out when that painting was made based on where the stars are and that it's actually not night, it's uh, dawn? Did he? Yeah, I think that's so cool, I mean, man. It's pretty cool, I guess, but... You have no idea what I'm going to do with that green screen after this podcast is over, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be a starry night, I bet, right? I think that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson could have told you that it's any date, any time, and you just have to go, really? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, verify it personally. Neil deGrasse Tyson's an interesting guy. I mean, like, because he's very, obviously, you know, he knows everything about space, I guess, or something. I mean, I don't yeah. know what he's going to He's an a astronomer. He's an astronomer, yeah. but, like, uh, but he's not like an astrophysicist or whatever. Is it so, cosmologist or cosmo? I don't think he can prescribe medication, but mm-hmm. he is, uh, you know, learned and, and everything. But then, like, you hear him talking about, like, climate change and all that kind of shit and, like, you know, what needs to happen with the environment. And it's uh, when people drink the Kool-Aid, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with evidence and shit like that. Things, that, Other things that matter, other factors, they can just be like, no, you know, that's not a, that's not the truth. I think the geological record on the environment is more important than anything. And I don't give a shit what happens 10,000 years from now. And that's what we're looking at. If we burned all the carbon now, everything, all the coal, whatever the fuck, and released all the carbon, we'd be done in about 10,000 years, right? If we did it as fast as we could, it would be 10,000 years before things would sort of start to maybe kind of be a problem. So... Well, and you can look at the you can look at the carbon levels during the dinosaur periods, and they were just like through the roof. And the funny thing is that people don't talk about is that the more carbon there is in the atmosphere, the greener the planet becomes because the plants grow and they thrive. I mean, you'll see the Amazon expand like crazy and consume that carbon. And people don't talk about that, but the science does back that up as well. That the more carbon there is, the greener the planet becomes. And, and I like the way you say the science because now it's the science, right? I mean, like, yeah, I'm uh, sorry, I'm not trying to use no, their no. language. No, 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 not at all. But that's what they define what the science is. It's so annoying how they do that. They want to use yeah. science like, to as a cudgel to beat everybody with, you know, to follow the science, yeah. like this mic drop, you know, argument ending thing. I follow the science and I think we should follow the science. What's the science? What have you yeah. read? It yeah, well, be- and science isn't the, isn't the conclusion, it's the method, yeah. right? It, <laughs> it has something to do with this with science right i mean it, it's all about politics i saw something in a bloomberg article and i don't really read that much but it was uh the, the who woman was being asked do you were you surprised with the uh politicization of science which i don't think si- the word science was politic was politicized but i don't think science itself is really too subject to that you know i mean it's like it is it is what it is that's the whole thing with science like you said it's a process and it's, uh, you're building on facts whatever the fuck scientific method shit 
And I don't really see it as something that they can just say, well, Anthony Fauci says it. That's yeah. the science, you know. I am science, as he said. Check this out, man. Speaking of Bloomberg, the New York Post just came out with an article just now that said Bloomberg accidentally reports that Russia invades Ukraine. Okay. Oops. <laughs> How do you fuck that up? They really want us to be. I mean, what's going on with that? I mean, does, nobody gives a shit here about the Ukraine. Well, think. that's where Burisma is, and that, there's a lot of personal financial ties to the Biden administration. Biden's. Obviously, they want to go over there and make more money or straighten up some loose ends or something. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why we give a shit because, like, they always we always get wrapped up in these wars. Like, we we killed Gaddafi in Libya because he was allegedly going to fuck with his people. We got involved in Syria because what's his face was going to, you know, gas his people. We invaded Saddam uh, or Iraq because Saddam Hussein allegedly had weapons of mass destruction. It's like, look, we know that there's a genocide occurring in China. We know that there's mass enslavement and imprisonment going on in North Korea. We know that there's countless terrorist actions taking place throughout the continent of Africa, children being stripped from their mothers and handed AK-47s. But we never get involved over there because we don't give a shit. We don't have a need. And so this, the, the idea, like, I wish our politicians, instead of like saying, oh, we need to get involved because of the human rights issues going on there, I wish they would just say, look, we've got interests and we're going to get involved. Yeah, sure. A little honesty would be nice. We also yeah. have people locked up in solitary confinement for trespassing here. Uh, yeah, January United Sixers. States. Yeah, how many of uh, hundreds or something, right? Five hundred at one point. I don't know if it's still that that high. God, I mean, give me a break. I mean, the, trespassing really—it's all they're charged with. Nobody's charged with any insurrection stuff. Nobody's charged with treason or you know whatever these crimes are. They're supposed to be so bad. I mean, so uh, obviously we don't care about human rights abuses. I mean, that's not a, a thing that anybody cares about. I mean. Uh, the Olympics being over in China. What a joke. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't give a shit about the Olympics, but a lot of people do. And, and uh, people are having some pretty bad experiences over there, apparently. You know, they're getting thrown into cars and driven around from detention center to detention center and not taken back to the Olympic Village and stuff. They, Did you see what I called the episode? What? I called our episode Why Pat Dixon uh is refuses to to uh, compete in the beijing olympics <laughs> yeah, I, I i know it took me this long to get to it i can't believe it <laughs> you were there man you were there why pat Dixon isn't competing in the beijing olympics yeah that's the name but i got little chairman g in there <laughs> i trained so hard too and i was just like i'm not i can't do it i have i have morals i'm a scrupulous person and i'm not going to go over there and play the chinese game should they do a last comic standing olympic event I mean, skeleton is an event, right? What's skeleton? I don't know. I, it's some kind of sledding, maybe. It sounds like competitive starving. Interesting. So like Gandhi know. won. Right. Or it, basically, if it's a sled thing, you know, you're throwing a... I don't understand how that's a... I mean, you're just going down... It's gravity. Yeah, but there's like... you know, oh. didn't you Didn't you ever see Cool Runnings? No, I did not. With John Candy? We are Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, I did not. Uh, do you like John Candy? Well, I mean, you know, not that much. Did you like, like Uncle Buck? Run. I don't think I ever saw Uncle Buck. I don't know if That's I ever good. saw Uncle Buck. You should take the time to watch Uncle Buck. You know what? John Candy's great, but uh, 
to me, he's, he wasn't a reason to see a movie. You know what I mean? Sure. He, he was not that funny to me. That he wasn't like, Chris Farley funny. Nah, he wasn't David Spade funny. <laughs> I'll yeah. see with David Spade. Yeah, I love David Spade. Man, but I tell you why he's kind of falling off the map. I know he was doing that show for a while, but he hasn't been in a movie in a hot minute. What happened? I mean, that's yeah, weird, right? A lot of a lot of shit changed with COVID that I think that there's stuff we haven't even really fully acknowledged or noticed yet. New York City changed so much. COVID came along and fucking made it like feel different. It just feels different. You can't really yeah. go anywhere. And, and you're, you're conf- the business is closed now just at like any time they feel like it. You know, like they used to be Pete's Place down the street open till two every night. You know, like, yeah. That was nice to know. Now it could be like 10 o'clock. You never know, fucking know. They just like everything is just off. And uh, I think with the movies, too, we don't see all these kind of like, I don't know, like a certain number of movies are made. But it's not like before. It's not like there was just a shitload of movies before. You know, there was a ton. And, you know, I I noticed that vibe thing that you mentioned because my wife and I moved to Texas in the middle of this pandemic. We moved like uh, July of 2020. So kind of after it had been rolling a minute, but still the beginning relative to now. New York. And. No, no, we moved. For, we moved uh, from California okay. to to uh, Texas, and so we go back to visit her parents because, of course, her family lives there. And I didn't notice it when I was in California because it was like that frog and boiling pot, you know, thing where if you mm-hmm. if you heat it up slowly, you don't feel it. But you then when I go back, it. it's like what the fuck? Because in Texas, there's no rules. But it's like you want me to wear a mask? Like what the fuck are you talking about? And, and like weird shit. Like you go through a drive-through at McDonald's and they like hold the uh, credit card scanner thing out. They won't even take your card. They don't want to take cash money because like the contact shit. And it's like we proved the science proved that you can't get COVID from contact like that's airborne. So like, I don't know why they're like, I don't know, cleaning like hand sanitizer doesn't even do shit for COVID. Liberals love the virus. They love it. They, they won't even let go of these little things like that, like cash. Like once that's there and that's introduced as an idea, forget it. It doesn't matter what the science says. It's just like how vaccines people get the virus. They spread it with the vaccine. But I still get thrown out of my poker game because I refuse to get vaccinated. My friend was you got like thrown out of your poker game. I did. I played in a poker game for like, I mean, it was a Monday night thing. I was there every Monday for up to seven hours, six hours, you know, uh, like uh, every Monday, every week for about 10 years, 12 years, something like that. More at 12. It was a long, long, long time. And then the game kind of fell off and then because of COVID and then they got it back together. It didn't say anything. Apparently, I had made some challenging statements before, and uh, I don't even remember what he was talking about. But whenever I got in touch with the guy, he went over it. And then he, he said, well, come on back to the game. And, and then he texts me back. He's like, wait, are you vaccinated? I'm like, no. Well, we all got to be vaccinated to play in the game now. And I'm like, OK, well, you don't want to get it, obviously. Um, so if vaccinated people are I just want to ask, because do anything you want. But if vulnerable, if vaccinated people are vulnerable to the virus, what's to stop one of these vaccinated guys from, you know, getting it someplace else and bringing it into the game. And you know what he said? He said the vaccine. Ooh, cognitive dissonance. He's an Emmy winning. He's won eight Emmys for comedy writing. So I he's mean, retarded. He's Got it. For the daily show. You know, it's the same. I just, well, it's like, no, I don't. I, and, and the schools, they go, oh, of course, we'll keep masks in the schools. I mean, we'll get rid of them everywhere, but we got to keep them in the schools. The safest place in the world. So they say follow the science, and that's not what they mean at all. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought that all this bullshit was just because the left wanted an excuse 
to um, keep the the voting rules different so that people could mail in uh, yeah. in a way that they weren't before. I thought that was the case, but it's gone on for too long since the election. It, it, it's like it's deep. It's more deep, deeply rooted. It is. It is. It's control. It's, um, you know, the, anybody wearing a mask outdoors is like a Democrat vote guaranteed. No two ways about it. That is not that is a Democrat voter. And so it's like a you can take a, a straw poll just by looking around. They love the signal virtue. Like I said, they love the virus. Yeah. They don't want to let go of it. I mean, there's people who if you said, hey, no more masks, everything's OK. Everybody can be open. We're going right all the way back to normal. We're sure of it. COVID is at near zero. So many of them would be like, I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. I'm. I'm Do you know anybody right. who passed from it? Well, I mean, I know some people who might have, uh, but, you know, there, there's I know I know a couple of people who died sort of weirdly, mysteriously. I mean, uh, my one of my friends, at comic, he had a, some kind of an embolism or something in his leg. Right. And and dropped dead. And, and uh, he's been living the same lifestyle for a while. So Sorry you know. to hear that. Yeah. But I mean, uh, at the same time, you go, well, maybe that was just the Opie curse because he was uh, working with Opie. And it seems like a couple of people working with Opie kind of just dropped dead. I don't. I, but the thing is. Even people who died with it, I mean, if I knew anybody who died from COVID, they would be most likely 85 or older and uh, with three or more comorbidities. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's tricky, though, because I don't know how many comorbidities the average person has when they die anyway. Like, what are the, what's the average number of comorbidities in 2015, right? There's got to be a number of contributing factors to death, right, for most people. I know that, like, the vast majority of people who die of old age have a respiratory infection at the time of death. That's just a fact I, I somehow know. Heart failure or something, diabetes. Uh, right. At, um, obesity. If, like, if when you sell an old car, there's, like, three or four things wrong with it, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Patrice O'Neill had diabetes and, and, you know, uh, he died pretty young. It wasn't involved with COVID. It, things like that happen, you know, it's not always, yeah. and, and COVID is supposed to be this huge complicating factor, making it much worse. They like, that's the thing that uh, the, the primary cause of death, but they, when they're saying that we're, we're listing it on everything, if they have COVID, it doesn't matter. Then I go, well, that's definitely an overcount. Cause I mean, like they're saying it's an overcount. They're right. flat out saying we're counting it as co- they kept it separate for a while, probable COVID deaths and uh, COVID deaths. It was like a, a week. They, they said, we're going to start counting probables, but we're going to keep a separate count. And then they stopped. So they might have kept a separate count, but they it's because they were getting paid for COVID deaths. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, it's COVID death. Like, we're going to count probables. And so they did. And and the the rationale for a probable and uh, COVID death and um some some other category that was sort of like some type of probable but not exactly probable but most likely or something it was it was so strangely worded in new york that it was if you have a positive covid test and you die and covid is on the death, death certificate then that's, that's or it's not then it's covid or something like that and then if you haven't had a test and you haven't tested positive for covid uh, that's also counted. It was weird. It was, it's, it's like the wording. I, I wish I could pull it up right now, but I don't, I mean, I don't want to waste your time like trying to find it. It's odd. It's very odd. They got, it was highly incentivized. Everybody, we see all these like, uh, 
Oh, I, I, I can't. I, I'm really terrible at thinking of names, thinking of names on the spot because I panic, you know. But oh yeah, I Project does. You know, they're coming out with all this like hospital shit that the you know nurses are talking about. Like, well, this is what we know, and hospital administrators, certain of them are are saying stuff. Uh, the whole thing is a fucking scam. I kind of knew it to begin with, but a lot of people were scared for a while, and now all I say now is root for the fucking truckers. You know, I mean, like Jesus. Uh, I hope that they can stand up under this new thing today. The guy comes out and says, like, we're going to find you. We're going to put you in jail. Uh, all yeah. this shit. Well, they're not going to put all the fucking truckers in jail. I mean, there's not. Right. So and you can't force them to truck. That's no. slavery. So, I mean, they could maybe they'll stop protesting, but it doesn't mean they're going to, like, drive the routes. I hope they don't stop protesting. I hope they stay there. And well, they, they that, got their oh, assets seized. I think that they, their bank account got frozen. You're kidding they froze their well i know they got rid of the gofundme but uh no, I, yeah but it got worse i could be wrong i think ottawa froze the uh, bank accounts okay whatever they still shouldn't go anywhere just stay where you are keep doing it i mean just lift the mandates they, until they lift the fucking mandates i if they have I'm to win up. if they I'm don't win up. it's going to be bad and i and, and now they're talking about in march they're going to start in california and do a mighty convoy all the way over to D.C. I can't wait for that to occur. That's going to be the best. Check this out, man. Ontario freezes funds from Give, Send, Go trucker convoy fundraiser. If the money were going through a Canadian bank, for example, and directed to the Proud Boys, they're a listed terrorist organization. That's a quote. So it looks like <laughs> Ontario froze the uh, bank accounts associated with yeah, through gifts and go. That's what they did, and because since they couldn't like just take the money. Yeah, well, yeah, GoFundMe was going to take the money and distribute it to like uh, other charities of its choice, and they they backed off of that after the after hell was raised and they refunded everybody. But it's just, yeah, you know why? Because so yeah, like, they were if they because they were going to do a don't pay on the uh, on the money. Everybody who contributed money was going to do like a uh, a chargeback. You know, so it was going to yeah, so it was a chargeback, and it was going to cost them. Fifteen dollars for everybody who contributed, and they're like, "Oh shit, okay." So that, it, that well, yeah. And the problem with that too is if you get enough chargebacks, um, your your bank will uh, shut down your ability to process payments. So, like, if GoFundMe had millions of chargebacks in a short period of time, their bank would cut them off. I've I've had clients before that have had that happen. I know I know I've I've heard of that, and that's that's a major concern. That's awesome. I yeah, I love that they figured out a way to make that not work. I mean, GoFundMe, they're just a uh, they're so political. How did everybody get so politicized? And so, uh, and how is everybody at the head of all these companies? You think like, well, they're all on the same uh, page, you know, with all this stuff. But I don't think they are. I think that they get pressured. You know, I think that Roger Goodell got put like, look, we don't have to ever. If we a couple of advertisers, we take them out because we say your game's racist or we there's so many ways we can come at you or, you know, just come out and, and say everybody should fucking support BLM and the same way with the NBA and all that shit. It's uh, I hate the idea that all these fucking people are in control and not allowing, uh, you know, football to be football, basketball to be basketball. You know, I mean, that's kind of to me, that's the most valuable thing. It's much more valuable. It's it's almost more valuable than football itself. You know, yep. and, and, and they don't get that. So. What can you do? You know, watch all this fuck. Just watching our country like fucking fall apart piece by piece. You know, institute. Isn't it awesome though? <laughs> Bound to happen, right? It's good to be here for it. I guess, man. I, you know, I try to like stay optimistic because, like, 
there's nothing that's going to guarantee that the whole shit hits the fan. You know, there's, there's no way to guarantee it better than to give up. So I'm never going to give up, but I'm feeling a lot like cool hand Luke right now, just getting my ass kicked and barely yeah. getting up, you know, <laughs> in terms of this front, it's, it's such a, like, um, like, um, a monolith or a, 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 like a mammoth sized, you know, enemy to face. Yeah, and it's never stopping. That's the other part. It's never, ever, it's not defeatable. It's sort of like racism. They always want to say, oh, we're going to end racism and and uh, and we're going to keep being dicks about it until we say racism's over. But obviously they want to pick this thing that's unsolvable and say, this is what we are trying to solve. And it's only solved when we say it's solved. That's kind of like how that whole movement is, that whole like that's developed into the woke thing. But it's really just socialist authoritarianism that, you know, came in through. uh, I mean, we started doing it to ourselves. We're a demoralized country and it's pathetic. You know, it's it's. Did you see the guy that I say guy that Joe Biden appointed for like the waste disposal deputy or something? He's got a very long, weird title that has to do with waste disposal. He's a guy who dresses up like he'll, he, he has sex with a guy who dresses like a dog. And yeah, check him out. It's it's and you know that like, well, obviously, that's the thing that makes him different. That's why they picked him. He picked the most feckless people to be around him, like the, his whole cabinet, Merritt, uh, Merritt Garland and. You know Rachel Levine and and, and whoever that I means all these people who are they just they just suck. They'll I cannot find a picture of this guy. Okay, well you know what I, I have I have an article I can send you. Let me let me just jump on this real quick. Yeah, yeah send it to me. It. Send it over Twitter or text. Okay, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's pretty. Uh, you I'll might get a screen share. I don't know. Um, here we go. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have people who uh, will, you know, send me stuff so that I can know about it. And uh, have you been able to hear me this whole time or no? Oh, yeah, I'm listening. You sound great. Have you been able to hear me the whole time? Am I muted? No, I can hear you, dude. You're kidding me. Oh, let's see. Hold on a second. Can you hear me still? Let's see here. I can hear you for sure. Can you hear me? Is that the guy? Look at that. Let's see here. We're going to get this fixed. I can still hear you. I know my mic is working. Jesus, I'm sorry, man. I I, I can't. You can. I'm That's glad okay. you can hear me. I can't hear you at all. Uh, all right. So well, let, I don't me, know what's let me. Uh, let me. Let uh, me. Uh, I can hear I'll myself. Rem- I know my shit's kind of. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. What about now? Is that better? I added myself, took myself away. Let's do this. How about now? Can you hear me now? Huh. Well, we'll get to the bottom of it. There's your boy. Uh, click the gear icon. 
and make sure audio output is good. You know what? I bet you, um, I bet you I know what's going on. Hold on a second. Can you hear me now? Uh, okay. I wonder what's going on. We're going to get this fixed, folks. Just bear with me. Try refreshing. Well, what happened is I clicked off of it to go to, go to Twitter. And I was, oh, okay. Hold on. Yeah, I'm with you. Thank you. You got me back? I've got you back, and I know what I did, and I'm not going to tell you. Uh, let's move on. Uh, okay. But the... Uh, uh, are we finished already discussing that freak of nature that uh, was a point? I just wanted—I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't the screen share that was messing with the sound. That's why I took it down. But I'll, I'll pop it right back up. Okay, great. My bad. And, and, and apologies to those people who are checking this out and watching. Look at this. I like his shoes. Um, her yeah. shoes. Their shoes. I like their shoes. A size, uh, you know, fifteen uh, heel is pretty hard to find. Whatever he is, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's so what's just, his job? Dip, like, dip, I think it's in the tweet. If you look at the tweet, the new yeah. department deputy of director of nuclear waste disposal. Right. He's, Honestly, he's, I can tell that this person has been in that field for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> he normally just swallows it. Yeah. But, uh, in this case, uh, he'll have to. He can't swallow all that stuff. Yeah. Born I, and it, raised in Chernobyl. We know <laughs> that this, this, this human being is well-equipped to handle our problems. <laughs> is so this funny. what it takes to keep these people off your back? I mean, are these the kind of people you have to appoint, like him and Rachel Levine and, and uh, these just nightmare people? I, you know, here's the thing, man. It's obviously just like totally political and has nothing to do with competence, right? And right. so it makes you wonder how important they actually think the positions themselves are. Like, obviously the position is just a bullshit position. If you're willing to just appoint whoever the fuck to it. Right. I suppose, you know, I guess, I guess they're doing this like a affirmative action shit for um, the Supreme court nomination. Right. They're, they say they're going to do a black woman, no matter what, no matter so what that's, that's obviously an important position. So maybe that's not the right explanation, but it doesn't seem to me like they're taking these positions seriously when they're um, obviously hiring people because they are shocking, not despite the fact that they're shocking. Yeah. In your face, you know, look at this. Yeah. The thing is they narrow their, like a lot of people kind of go along with all that shit. Uh, they don't love it. They're not, you know, this, it's a very, very small number of people who will see that appointment and go, that's fucking awesome. You know, most people go well, like that. That weirds if me the out. Person's got like badass accolades, you know, whatever, but I doubt it. I just say he can't be the you know it's hard to even narrow down like who would be the most qualified for some job. So obviously the thing that sets him apart is his sexual deviance, and uh, I just don't think that should be a qualification for any job except sexual deviant. If you're a professional, professional sexual deviant, a porn star, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, no respect for what they're doing. And here's the thing, man. I don't, I don't give a shit about transgender issues. I don't care about what the bathroom's labeled. I don't care how people want to dress. And I don't care how they want to be referred to at all. What pisses me off is when teachers start telling my kid that maybe she's a boy and she's like nine. 
Like that is where I get worried and weird about it, right? Or when professors are worried about losing their jobs, you know, if they make a mistake on accident or when corporations are worried about getting sued, if they, you know, un- unintentionally make a mistake. Like, you know, if you want to dress like a woman and you're awesome at your job, fine. It's a little odd, no problem. But it's the it's the litigious aspect of it and like the infection of the youth aspect of it that's that's alarming to me. That's the only problem I have with. That's the only qualm I have. I don't give a fuck about weirdos. That's fine. Be weird. Yeah, exactly. But that's the point. They want it to bother you. If it's not bothering you, then they're not doing anything. So like the the litigious thing, they want everything fucked up. They know that nobody really cared about gay marriage. Uh, finally, everybody came around to like, okay, fine, if whatever, if they want their happiness, and they, you know how they would express that. What do, what do you care? You know, okay, fine. And then as soon as gay marriage is allowed, it becomes the cake suing thing. You know, that litigious. Yeah. They find somebody who's not going to want to bake them a fucking cake, and they demand a cake and sue them if they don't make it because that's what matters. Then. And really, that was just legalized by a judge anyway. I mean, they're not, that's not really the way shit gets done normally, but whatever. Uh, as soon as the gay marriage comes around, they need more victims, right? Because there's, a, you know, the, the gays are not good enough victims anymore. That's when trans became a thing. And the problem is with all that other stuff that you don't mind, which I don't really mind, but which we kind of should mind because it's changing the culture. But it's also like all the steps leading up to the stuff that you do mind, you know? So, I mean, like when you talk about the, it's the frog in the pot, you know, they turn it up slow. It's the bully who's like saying this and this is how it's going to be and everything, you know, like they push you. And then when you start to fight back, they sort of stop and back off for a second. Like this is like a Jordan Peterson thing or whatever. I heard him talking about this, but it's very accurate and true. It's the little bits along the way. And yeah. like, you know, the bathroom thing. I mean, look at what happened in uh, Virginia, you know, uh, I forget what County it was, but like this, uh, you know, rapist, well, I got raped by this. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't because the bathroom was gender neutral. That was just because that guy raped somebody. Like, he was a trans person who had the right to be in there, right? Yeah, but don't you think he would have, he or she or whatever would have would have just done the rape anyway? Yeah, but not in a school bathroom, school girls. Yeah, the, what was really alarming about that is that they covered up for for that person. That was That's what was really was. scary. Yes. And they said, well, he was just a boy in a dress. After he got convicted, he was no longer trans. He was just uh, he wasn't really trans. He was just a boy who wore a dress. And that was the way they reported it, too. So, you know, Dude, it, I got to ask you this, Pat. Yeah. They're constantly saying that gender is a social construct. And then they're simultaneously insisting that being transgender is an immutable characteristic. Like, how can you be born transgender if gender is a social construct? I don't understand the logic there. Well, I mean, I uh, let me attempt to explain it. Uh, okay, so gender being a social construct, uh-huh. uh, it's male or female. Those are social okay. constructs. Now, some sort of exotic gender, you know, you may be born with that doesn't fit either one of those. So, you know, gender having been a social construct forever, that is just men and women, forget all that. Because... You're born with your sexuality, and it is what it is, and whatever you call it is what you call it. But you know, it's. Uh, I, I think I think we're they're talking about two different sides of it. In, internally, it's not a social construct. Internally, it's who you are, right? But externally, like to look at somebody in a dress and go, "That's a woman." You're dressed like a woman. That's the social construct part. Now. Mm. God knows there's a thousand 
contradictions in their whole philosophy. Every like everybody should be, you know, e- treated equally and equitably, except for white males because they're inherently evil. And uh, well, the whole white race is like the original sin of slavery and all that bullshit. So I mean, like, there's no end to all the ways they contradict themselves. And that was just an attempt on my part to kind of like try to fucking I don't know make sense. No, you, you put it together for me. I think that that does actually make more sense. Um, it still doesn't make sense, but it does make. I, now I understand the position, right? So, right. so I don't know how to do something like that. Uh, I tell you but, what, if anyone if anyone out there is ever confused about any sort of gender related issue or transgender uh, uh, factoid, Pat Dixon is is the person to talk to. I can clarify anything. I mean, like anything, it isn't mathematical or requires any actual science. Right, right. Well, that's what PubMed is for. That's what people like you and me to read read the studies. I have looked at the data, Pat. (laughs) Are you being paid to say this? Is this an is this an embedded ad? (laughs) By the way, I do want to mention how delicious Diet Dr Pepper is. It tastes just like the real thing with zero calories. You can drink a liter of it, and it won't even put a pound on you. I highly recommend Diet Dr Pepper. Get yours today. Stay fresh. Twenty three mysterious flavors, ready for the next life. Mm. You know, look at that Chase. He, he's holding up his bottle. He drank damn near that whole thing. That's how much he likes it. <laughs> I, I, I've been nursing it. Yeah, I went to the hospital. My dog was stuck in me. <laughs> that was one of my favorite drinks for a long time. Was Diet Dr Pepper, and it does taste. After a while, you can't drink regular Dr Pepper because it doesn't taste as clean as a Diet Dr Pepper does. Yeah, there's something really special about Dr Pepper, and I think part of it has to do with the color of the can. Yeah. Maybe you know so. it's it's got that like burgundy thing, and you can like see the moisture on it when it's really cold, and it's just I don't know, it's just like appetizing. It, it, I, you know, I'll tell you an interesting thing. So I'm in advertising, right? And and um, so I've read a lot of advertising related books and shit like that, business books that are uninteresting for this podcast. But one thing that's fascinating: Have you ever looked into the into the details of the Pepsi challenge? What happened there? No, I have not. So I mean, obviously. Pepsi did the Pepsi challenge right in the 80s, I think. Maybe it started in the 70s where they said, fuck you, Coke. We taste better and we'll do a double blind study and, you know, we'll show you the data. Right. And what they found was that when people didn't know whether or not they were drinking Pepsi or Coca-Cola, they preferred Pepsi because it's sweeter, presumably. But when they knew whether or not they were drinking Coke or Pepsi, they said that the Coke tasted better. And it's because the brand had something to do with the experience right and i just think that doc, that dr pepper that logo and the 23 flavors and that burgundy can and just the, the whole experience makes it an awesome soda man <laughs> that's fascinating that really is i mean there's no telling how impact i mean we know we are right like you hear some totally. music like that you know like I, who is this oh it's, it's the new whatever by some band you like and now you're it's you're the gonna, beta band like, like, but you <laughs> We hear some generic shit, then you know, if you just hear it generically, you might not care for it as much. Same with cars. If it's an actual thing, then it's a thing. If we, if there's so many factors. What year was it made? You know, is it rare? And we associate with that. So there's the branding, and then there's also the, the uh, there's endless factors. I guess it's not about taste. Yeah, my favorite car that I've ever owned was a Nissan Versa. 2014 it's like a dorky ass car right 15 grand off the lot brand new wow and you know it even had the crank windows i loved that car but when i moved to california 
I had to trade it in and get a BMW because I knew if I ever went to a sales meeting in a Nissan Versa, no one was ever going to fucking take me seriously. <laughs> That's great. Right? And so it's it's a thing. It's like just a brand thing. I don't even like the BMW. There's problems with it all the time. Every time there's a problem with it, it's expensive. I got to put premium gas in it. That's more expensive. It's not even really that comfortable. Uh, after three hours on the road, the air conditioning doesn't work at high efficiency. So it gets like super hot. There's all sorts of problems with it, but it's a fucking BMW. And so there's like this perception. Aren't there other expensive cars that would be that actually would work well? I mean, yeah. I mean, BMW and Mercedes are kind of like the California Orange County thing. So you got, got you're, you're you're like one or the other. Um, you know, I could get like a Genesis or something, but those are really expensive, like next level. And I don't want to get a Tesla because I don't want to plug my car in. Um, yeah, that's a, that that's a whole that that whole thing is a scam too. Because like it, it occurred to me that people who have electric cars, they're they're kind of like they're they're resigned already to like I can go certain places, but I can't go other places because there's no charging station. You know, and that's yeah that could be done very intentionally and next thing you know you can't drive to missouri or whatever you know nobody can go to these places as you know the, the electric cars are the law and yet you can't take them to so i i, I kind of worried about uh, i kind of worry about being painted into a, a corner there yeah but i'm sure that was a problem uh when when um gas automobiles were you know first gaining a lot of popularity too like when they put in the interstate system uh i think that was eisenhower in the 50s Right, right after World War II, I don't know. Yeah, it might have started under Roosevelt or something. Yeah, but there probably weren't that many gas tanks around, um, and it was yeah, probably an issue. We didn't have like uh, an authoritarian socialist government that was trying to limit us from you know doing anything. It was like everybody was kind of at least on the same team at that time, and we hadn't been infiltrated. So yeah, bad. and nobody liked communists. That was like America's pinnacle. Like you know, you might be a Democrat, you might be a Republican, but we all fucking hate the commies. That was that was our prime. And it seems so obvious. <laughs> like, yeah. What's yeah. the matter with that? You know? Yeah, we should hate the communists. But I mean, and even the Beatles hated communists. So, like you go carrying around pictures of Chairman Mao. Like, you know, that was the lyric and across the universe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, now they and they flirted with a lot of weird shit, you know, uh, but look, uh, it's it's bad. But we can't even agree on not being for I mean, people. You can ask them now, like, do you think that people who are not vaccinated should go in concentration camps? And they're like, yes. Yeah. Like, even if it's only 15 percent of people that say that, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's insane. It's just it's totally fucked up. It shows that the, the, like the Nazis are these friendly, safety, scared rabbit people who are not really rabbit people because they. You know, they they let their masks slip. They're not really trying to like not get a fucking disease or something. They they don't take it seriously at all until it's a political thing that they get. They're very fucking aggressive, terrible people. And that, I always thought that if we had a totalitarian government, it would at least be like a big brother thing. Like a I don't know. I just thought it would come from like uniforms and fucking marching and shit. But it doesn't yeah. look like that at all. It looks like a bunch of fucking men dressed as women and uh diversity hiring and safety and all this shit you know that's just yeah well, yeah historically speaking when there's totalitarianism it's very clear who the who the authoritarian is right like it was mao or it was stalin or it was hitler or it was mussolini and i've got no fucking clue who's running the show here no that's what that, <laughs> they figured it out you know they finally they're starting to perfect decentralized authoritarianism it's it's Soros, it's Gates, it's uh, 
I don't know. Uh, who, whoever it's the hell else. Gates, man. Gates is just fucking around. It could be Soros. I think it's the intelligence community, honestly. I think that CIA and the FBI run this country. Well, yeah. But Gates has something to do with all that shit. I mean, he's connected. He, he's like, I mean, look, you don't see him getting punished for any of this, uh, whatever went on with Epstein. You know, he's not being strongly questioned about any of that. Epstein himself, yeah. you know, he's just a procurer for, of, of, you know, child flesh for whoever. But Maxwell's, not, you know, her prosecution seemed to go pretty uh, smoothly for her. I think Epstein was working for the uh, CIA. If I had to guess. You could tell me that about almost anyone and I would go and I'd have to stop and say, like Belichick's working for the CIA. Like, well, he did yeah. win a lot. Jen Psaki, obviously. <laughs> I got a question for you, Pat. Is is Jen Psaki yeah, hot? Yeah. Is she hot? Because <laughs> I, I'm kind of, you know, it's like I'm not attracted to her, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> if you want to fuck her just because she's a, you know what she is? She's uh, press briefing hot. <laughs> <laughs> she's than she's like, she's like the girl that works as the dry cleaner. She really likes your suit. And you're like, you know what? Let's you flirt with her, but you don't mean it really. It's like, yeah. Right. Well, break off a little piece of charm for this uh, little fake yeah. red. A fake redhead is more dangerous than a real redhead. You know, that's an aspiring. Is she cycle. a fake redhead? She looks to be to me. Like, I don't they, that does not look real to me. Do, the, do Polish people have red hair? Sometimes, I guess. Is that where it's she is? Like deeply She's Polish? A, I imagine Saki's a Polish name. Sounds Polish, right? There might be a hint of Scottish in there or something. I, I see her as being one of those types. She probably does have soft pubic hair, but I don't know if it's completely clown red. And I soft think soft pubic hair. Yeah, like redheads have generally as opposed as opposed to coarse, coarse, thick, you know, Greek or Italian pubic hair, or or you know, maybe some really tightly bred Jewish or I don't know. But like I I, I found that the redheads have a very now, maybe that's a bias that I have. I don't know. But I it seems to me like it's just a cotton candy texture that you could just you can almost just like eat mouthfuls of their pubic hair. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And no matter how wet it is, you still have dry mouth at the end. Like yeah. cotton candy. So good. But Jen, like she's hot, like uh, like I said, press briefing hot or like look at um, that hat. Is she about ready to invade Ukraine in that hat? Oh, look how tiny she is. I had no yeah. idea she was so little. This, yeah, I don't know what year this was taken. Well, I think she's full grown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't think she's you 12 think, here? Let me ask you a question. Now, this is off pussy, but... Um, it's fine. Not completely, but that guy right there, whose name I forget because I'm fucking... John Kerry? John Kerry. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking also of the Mormon guy who ran and of John McCain. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney yeah. and McCain. Did either one of them want to win? Yeah, I think Mitt really wanted to win. Really? Yeah, and I think John McCain was um, uh, the 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 right wing version of Biden, where the party asked him to do it, and he didn't really want to. I think he was controlled opposition. I think they're both. I think they're both tied in. You know, because I mean, he could have been. I mean, he 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 uh, informed uh, on his um, fellow soldiers when he was in captivity in Vietnam. People don't like to talk about that. Did he really? I mean, yeah. So it, he 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 crashed a plane or whatever, or he, or he escaped a plane crash, and then they, he was captured in Vietnam. That's why his arms were all fucked up, right? Because he was tortured. Yeah, I, I knew about that, but I didn't know that he informed on his other. Uh... Yeah, it took a while, but they finally got the information out of him. But by the time they got it out of him, it was um, no longer relevant. Well, so he good. was able to he was able to like you know keep his mouth shut for as long as possible. But and everybody has a breaking point, but sure. nobody ever mentioned that. 
I don't doubt that he was tougher. Uh, he's far tougher than me. And I mean, he's if, obviously I've never flown a plane into war and shit like that. So, hey, sure. Right. But I mean, when Trump like totally insulted him, calling him a loser, I, I don't I don't like he's you know, he's, he's yeah, I, I don't like people who get like, captured. I thought that was great. You know, it's like it, it, what he was signaling is that I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to give this reverence just because you say, you know what I mean? I can have a different point of view and fuck this guy. If he says I'm a maniac, you know, I mean, it's like, I couldn't agree more. I don't think he would have spoken about him that way. Had he not, uh, had he not instigated it. And, uh, you know, Trump is a you know, punches back. That's it. And, uh, you know, McCain totally asked, fucked him on the Obama care thing. Anyways. Yeah. I, it, well, it was the, um, yeah, it was a reform thing when he had that brain tumor and he came in and cast like a, a dying vote it was like a make a wish for john mccain what a dick yeah, so do you remember when he was running for president and he kept saying my friends my friends yeah i do remember that it was like obvious that a focus group liked it and he just like <laughs> just really really rocked it did he pick i mean him picking the the mayor of wasilla Alaska or whatever the fuck. Was oh she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah Palin. Palin. I guess she became governor or something. She was hot. Was she? She's great, but she's not. She wasn't ready to run for vice president or anything like that. And I think no, that, that was, no. Governor of Alaska way. is like a part-time job. It's like a volunteer job. It's another way of just throwing the election away. I remember when he gave his concession speech, he was so people were like, where was this John McCain the whole campaign? It's like, there you go. I mean, like, I remember when when they started like saying somebody mentioned Obama at some event where John McCain was speaking and they're like, oh, they're groaning and booing. And she's like, no, no, we're not going to have any of that. It's like he refused to talk to the America that didn't like what was going on. I want to share this this video. My friends. Yeah, let's see if, see if I got it pulled up. I need a, I need a Jamie. Wouldn't that be nice? But we all know, my friends. I know how to do that, my friends. My friend, I'd like you to... My friends. My friends can overcome it. My friends, Who talks just, like my that? My friends, the last news is bad. So let's not raise anybody's taxes, my friends. What the problems are, my friends. With our, our wonderful Ronald Reagan. My friends, what we have to do... Let's look at our records, my friends... That's the good news, my friends. Bad news is we lost. By the way, my friends, I, I know you grow a little weary. Of this I vote against him, my friends. Uh, look at Obama. He's like, oh, my God, he's handing it to we've me. We've got to drill offshore, yeah. my friends, and we've got to do it now. My friends, training, my friend. Let, let me just follow up, my friends. There was a lot at stake there, my friends. That requires a cool hand at the tiller. In, in Lebanon, I stood up. I don't even know what a tiller Reagan, is. My hero, my hero is a guy named Teddy yeah, Roosevelt. Hurt. I'll get Osama bin Laden, my friends. I'll get him. I know how to get him. I'll get him no matter what. And I know how to do it, my friend. But at the end of the day, my friend, we need steady hand at the oh tiller. Oh, my God. Hand at the tiller, my friend. Yeah, now, you're, it's your advertising background that, made you, that led you to Focus Group. I think you're absolutely right. That's not a natural thing. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told him that it worked when he did it like once off the cuff naturally. And so he just decided he was going to do it in every fucking sentence. That's that's like that is such a that's a rookie mistake. Yeah, yeah, but he was such a pro though. I mean, he was a senator forever. It's so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, winning as a senator. I think just uh, is it's it, it's an illusion. A lot of people don't know how you vote on anything. 
They're just like, yeah, you know, fuck your sister in front of your wife or, you know what I mean? It's always some kind of weird scandal. It seems like it takes to get rid of somebody. And the governor doesn't, that I, doesn't even work anymore. I mean, Hunter, the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, dude, I had Jack Maxey on my podcast. He had a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop. He uh, worked uh, with Steve Bannon on uh, the War Room podcast and he oh, got wow. the laptop from Rudy Giuliani. And wow. he he for two and a half hours in an almost monologue listed all of the crimes on that laptop, not just Hunter, but Biden crimes. And like he has it and he went around to every media outlet and he sat with them and none of them had the balls to publish any of it. And, and so like the scandal doesn't even fucking matter, man. It's ultimately it's just if the pack decides to eat you. Yeah, you're right. They decide what's a thing and what's not. That's what it enrages me that they don't hold their feet to the fire on some of this stuff. It's insane. It's absolutely yeah. the media is if there's one if you could just like if if I could pin down one problem, one institution that fucks it all up more effectively and to a strong a larger degree, it have to be the media. No sense of responsibility or obligation to truth the public or anything like that, factual reporting, anything. They they just and when did the shift happen? Because it seems to me like just like a rough timeline that CNN was pretty solid all the way through Larry King's career. That's what I think that had a lot to do with it, actually. Yeah, Larry King was the one that was keeping him honest and stuff. I think what it was is and I don't know when Larry King's career ended exactly, but it's Trump. Trump ended. Trump pulled back. He forced them to come after him with everything they had because he over time, the media, you know, the reporters and anchors and stuff became less respectable. They became less uh, trustworthy, le just less all around. You know, they weren't even necessarily reporters. You would just find somebody who looks like a model who can read the news and seems trustworthy and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I'm talking about like an Anderson Cooper or something or who? Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. Yeah, okay, it doesn't matter. You know, just somebody with some kind of charisma and popularity. And so they're the substance of the people that were reporting it just kind of over time like really diminished you know and it became like that was the most important thing is do they look like i'm like an actor or something and then yeah and then so trump attacked them because they still had the all the inherited like walter cronkite edward r murrow or whatever you know all that respect you know the news it's an institution and we we feel this way about it and it's very important we have ethics and and they were posturing themselves that way when they had absolutely no substance and no no scruples or anything and uh you know trump when he started calling them out they fucking freaked you know because they had no they knew how empty they were and they came after him with everything i think that was when the curtain got pulled back on it and i think that yeah. it had kind of been pretty vapid and stupid uh up until then and, and dishonest and shit i mean we'd seen we'd see these occasional examples of it you know but it took trump to and i'm saying during the election and once the election was over we all thought Give it a couple of weeks. Everything will go back to normal. And of course it didn't go back to normal. They fucking doubled down. Yeah. And that was actually a fucking seditious act. The whole Russia collusion thing. They lied yeah. to get the FISA warrant. They spied on him illegally. And they blamed him for collusion. And it wasn't true. And then they knew it was a lie. And they still impeached him. They tried yeah. to remove a sitting president from office on a lie that they knew was a lie. And they're pissed off that a, that a handful of people got rowdy on January 6th. And they're saying that's an insurrection. It's like you're, the whole past four years has been one big fucking insurrection attempt. You fucks.
Yeah. And I'm not, and and I'm not like, like defending anybody who you cross lines on, on January 6th, you know, breaking windows and fucking shit up. And you know, I'm I'm not for that. That was not, that was what they wanted us to do. Okay. So I'm not like defending them by any means, but those people are practically saints compared to the, the, the various investigation committees that were set up to investigate Trump and the, and and the, and the political class that fucking person, they, they persecuted him. He was innocent. Yeah, they did nothing but persecute him the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. yeah. And the press was complicit in that. They knew better. I met, you know, many members of the press obviously knew what was going on, and they were not. It's not like they were going to get off the get off narrative or something. We're going after Trump, and the reason they were so mad is because he did win. You know, they couldn't. They're used to being able to pick the president, right? Like they can. They have a lot of influence. And when by the time the election happened, nobody was trusting the media really anymore. Everything had changed. They were kind of like standing there with their pants half up, like trying to like fucking adjust themselves to this new phenomenon of somebody who just goes, the press is dishonest. You guys are liars. You're fucking, you know, fake news. And he even branded them. He branded them so successfully. And uh, I mean, fake news originally sprang from like a fucking uh, I mean, you've seen the video, I'm sure. But it was yeah, like, they were criticizing the right. Yeah. And, and he, he took it. Yeah, he appropriated it. He said it so much. And and the, and it's uh, brilliant. He a man of his power, a man of his kind of like ability to, to keep smiling, laughing and stuff like that. Have a sense of humor through all this shit. And 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 uh, with the punishment that he was going through, not let that. I, I know somebody's mad at me on Twitter. You know, I'm kind of like I you might sort of get concerned about it or whatever. Somebody's unhappy with you in the room, but uh, this guy has to face, you know, the kind of sh- disapproval and shit he had to face over nothing. I mean, being misjudged is a big problem for me. I hate it. Right. But I mean, he was totally misjudged all the time, mischaracterized ranting. And he would come out and talk about it sometimes, you know, at his rallies and shit Oh, or at a press conference. He'll say that I, you know, raved and ranted, you know, this is, I'm just saying it, you know, um, they uh, they're incredibly dishonest. And and so I think that was where it was. I think they got so mad about that, that they just that when they lost their shit after he lost the election and then but the, how come that like, I mean, they're going after those, uh, the so-called insurrection is so hard. Right. And and people are are kind of like, you don't meet too many people. It, it seems like that would be an issue. The fact that we have so many people locked up in solitary confinement. You know, for nothing, right? For trespassing or something. yeah. Where the fuck are the Republicans? Yeah, where the it, fuck are the Republicans on free speech? Why hasn't anyone proposed legislation? I even if it even if it stands no chance, I would love to see a Republican senator or congressman, however the process works, propose an amendment to the Constitution to protect free speech on on big tech platforms. Like, yeah. all right, let's say let's say freedom is let's say the First Amendment hypothetically doesn't protect our speech on these on these social media platforms because they are private businesses. Let's just say hypothetically that we agree with that notion. Then why the fuck aren't the Republicans proposing amendments to the Constitution to ensure that freedom of speech is protected on these platforms? The only thing I that I would reason that I would say that they might not be doing that is because they think that they can uh, secure it on other grounds because the government and big tech. Uh, any other entity that the government is directing or working with is also not allowed to inhibit your speech. And so I, I don't know why right. more people are trying to, like, you know, prove the connect. You don't even have to prove the connection. Jen Psaki says we're talking to Facebook. We're talking to Twitter to get them to, you know, do certain things. It's like out in the open. 
so I, you know, they've they're falling down on it, really. I mean, like they don't. Uh, it, it, you're right. I would like to see a bunch of Democrats come out and vote against free speech. You know, I think that would be pretty telling, and that's exactly what would happen. You know, a lot of them would be no shows. I'm sure. You know, just like they they uh, them trying to get rid of the filibuster kills me. You know, I don't give a fuck about the filibuster. The Republicans hate it when it's inconvenient for them. The Democrats hate it when it's inconvenient for them. Vice versa. I mean, but you know, like if if you if it's important though, like that they don't change that whoever's mad about it at that moment doesn't change it. You know, that is a good change. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's very reasonable. But ultimately, we wouldn't have these fucking problems if 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 we weren't so locked into a two party situation. Like I I did the research, man, because I thought about starting a political party in Texas. It is damn near impossible to get a third party on the ballot in the vast majority of states. And ultimately, we should be in a position where there are several parties that are, that have seats. There should be a handful of libertarians in Congress and a handful of Green Party people. God bless them. A uh, handful of Democrats, handful of Republicans. There should be a few different parties, you know, operating in there. But they have really locked in this this this, this bipartisan gridlock. And How would that I, well, I, I, you wouldn't need the filibuster in those instances because the tiebreaker would be a, a third party alternative. And I think that the the broad stroke that is the republican party is is and, and the democratic party is too broad to adequately represent the interests of constituents so like well, if you're a liber- if you're a libertarian you don't have any fucking re- representation and right. there's a lot of libertarians in the united states frankly sure. joe jorgensen's the reason that trump lost if you if you count the election because if if all the libertarians would have voted for Trump instead of Joe Jorgensen, then Trump would have won in the swing states. Well, now I can have someone else to blame besides all the you know late vote deliveries and uh, you know windows being covered up and uh, Republican observers being shut out and you know yeah, mail in. Yeah. It was certainly all sorts of questionable things that happened that we weren't even allowed to look into. I'm not too worried about that guy because I think Trump won 50 states personally, but. Fifty? Uh, Fuck yeah, I, no! I he, he didn't did. win California. He didn't win Hawaii. I think he did. I think he did. I don't see how it. I don't think anybody voted for Joe Biden. I think everybody. I know a lot of people that voted for Joe Biden. Really? Yeah. I've never met anybody who voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, it's because your friends are cool. <laughs> I don't talk to anybody who. No, I, You're I hanging just, out at Compound Media, dude. <laughs> I should go hang out with the Capitol Police, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I graduated from college seven or eight years ago i have a lot of friends that are still de- millennial democrats i don't know how you hang on to that though how do you i mean it's because we, we don't talk politics you know what i guess that works because i mean yeah. like i've known people for sometimes i know people they seem cool and then they'll go but anyway i gotta go get my booster today or something I'm like what and like you're, you're not 85 you're not fucking obese why would you get a booster uh it's i i have a guy i shoot pool with and he's about as liberal as they get and it's funny because it's almost, I mean, like he is the most intelligent embodiment of that point of view that I've ever encountered. You know what I mean? Like he actually can say something that, that you have to kind of think about before you come back on it. Uh, sure. Most of them are very, you know, they're just like, what, really? Oh, okay. You're a racist. <laughs> Which they, you know, that's their main argument for everything is that you must be a racist. I don't have any friends like that. And, and uh, I have very few anyway that are, that are, of that stripe and not talking politics is fine, but I think that it's not really so much a set of ideas that, that make a political party or make a person go one way or the other. It's a personality type more than anything. Don't you think? 
Yeah, I do. I think that there's like a, I think you inherit genetically a lot of your political dispositions. And Jordan Peterson, you know, uh, backs this up with a lot of his claims. I don't know if you follow Jordan Peterson at all. A little bit, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he, you know, basically there are the, the different personality types and dispositions that we have have a lot to do with um, our political persuasion, right? So, for example, um, like if if you're if you're a creative person, you may have low conscientiousness as like a personality trait, more likely to be a Democrat because you're thinking with your heart, your feelings, you're thinking creative, you're thinking progressive. If you're a Republican, psychologically, you're more likely to be interested in like organization, order. Uh, uh, preserving like the integrity of systems, uh, right? Like the constitution, for example. And so there definitely is a factor there, but I mean, we're, we are, we're human beings and, and we're, we're capable of using reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so when, when there are, when there are issues that are, you know, clearly problematic, we should be able to transcend our personality uh, predispositions. Right. So if you're a Democrat, because, you know, you didn't you really hated the Republican stance against things like gay rights in 2006. And that turned you off. And you think that people should be able to smoke pot and you think that, you know, people should be able to express themselves. That that makes sense for your personality type. And those aren't actually unreasonable positions to have, whether you agree or not. But at this point in time, it should be abundantly off, obvious that the Democratic Party is not actually interested in protecting any of those things. They don't give a shit about anybody's rights or anybody's free speech. And so, like, there's a there's a point where there's no excuse. You can't just say, oh, this is my disposition. So I made a mistake with this vote. It's like, no, like, it's fucking obvious that the Democrats are fucking fascists. And, and frankly, the Republicans are a lot, too. Some of them are. Many of them are. Uh, but I will say this about uh, the personality uh, of a person who is... Uh, a Democrat who has not given it any, like, like you said, where we can apply logic, you know, and you say that, right. you know, it's no excuse, but I think uh, there's a certain type of person personality wise, they're predisposed to not apply logic to that situation. You know, that's part of that personality disposition. It's not just mm-hmm. lazy. Like they're like a person who likes to just hear things, go with it, a trusted authority. That way they can like kind of just, sideline all that stuff not really think about it it's compartmentalized into yeah i just kind of automatically sure sure but like like when i think about like the democrats that i respected the old school democratic party and i was never a democrat but i think about like the george carlin's man like there's no fucking way that guy today would have any tolerance for the way that either party is acting Right. I mean, he was a smart, independent thinking dude, definitely left leaning persuasion. He was a creative person. Uh, you know, he was concerned about social issues. But like, I, like, I, I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, yes, I agree with you that, you know, people have personality traits that make them less inclined or inhibit them from using their using their mind. When, when, when their emotions are just overwhelming, overwhelming uh, reason. Uh, but I think that's where character comes in. It's like, all right, well, just fucking have some character then. And re- like, that's where you have to be a man or a woman. Like, that, that's where integrity comes in. And like, I think of like a George Carlin, for example, like he, w- he wouldn't just be loyal to the left because, you know, the left was right for so long. Uh, right. uh, you know, he, like, it, there's a point where you have to just fucking be an adult human being and say, all right, I'm wrong. Like, I was a Republican diehard for a long time, stoked about Cruz, whatever. You know, it's easy. But like, when they fuck up, like that's where I have to come in and say they're fucking up. Like what is going tell. on? It's not that hard yeah. to tell. You, know, you, you can tell. It's very tough to like, uh, you know, say like, well, I didn't like, there's so, so little that I didn't like about what, what Trump did, but there was stuff. 
But I yeah. think that they also engineer. I think that what you're talking about when you say be a man, I think that's like some that's another thing that's discouraged by, uh, you know, like how, how many people do you know who stay They're They're at home a lot longer. There's a man boy phase or whatever, you know, like a, sure. a lot of drama wearing people in their 20s <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know, like and, and like uh, they've they've. So I think that being encouraged, you know, it's like it's it's a way of thinking that hook even deeper, you know, because we all go through a phase where we're like, no, uh, a liberal like, you know, a liberal phase is much more likely to happen when you're younger because it's such a simple point of view. You don't have to know anything to be a liberal. You don't have to know anything to take that point of view. You in fact, the more, you know, the diff more difficult it is to be that way. You have to think you have to do a lot of gymnastics to justify all the shit that's really happening with them. So, like, it's almost it's almost what you would call uh, imperative, you know, that they don't think about it. Carlin did think about it, but, you know, he was he was speaking out against political correctness, like, you know, uh, sure. for a long time. Shell and shock. It would be impossible for him to be on the liberal side. Impossible. Just literally impossible. Sure. He would. Yeah. Be, and, and that's what a lot of people don't realize is how small the tent is on the left. It's very almost everybody commits some kind of a sin daily, if not hourly, you know, even if they're on the left, it like takes you out of the club. So, I mean, like it's, it's a very, very tight uh, group there. That's really vocal. And then you have a lot of people that don't think about it at all, who are sort of like, you know, just out of habit still being, you know, voting uh, that way. And I think sure. that number gets smaller and smaller all the time. I, if people paid any attention I think that it would be 90% conservative. And I don't even say Republican, but just conservative to a degree. And I disagree with you on one thing. I, I mean, like there may sure. be some truth to like, uh, a, like a, a creative personality uh, being more inclined to be a, a liberal person. I'm a pretty creative person. And Bullshit. like, uh, <laughs> and I think that like, uh, there's, I, I think that creation is something that maybe, you know, maybe that's something that, that, people who are conservative tend to you know if you think of a conservative by nature they're worried about other shit before they're worried about you know i don't draw what do you want to draw a picture or something and i think a lot of it has to do with birth order too so a lot of it is mm. predisposed when you're born but birth order you're going to see a lot more conservatives i think that are first you're the born. youngest of four right i'm the youngest of four yeah and yet i'm super conservative and the oldest in my family is basically a communist so i don't know but she's a woman so i don't know if i mean like that's she just like that's just how she feels you know and hey there are a lot of women that aren't communists margaret thatcher namely yeah there Ayn are Rand. <laughs> that, that total anti-communist sometimes when i find a conservative girl i mean like i really i enjoy that you know a lot of them i don't think you, sh you shouldn't you shouldn't legally be allowed to be a communist if you've never actually used a hammer and a sickle <laughs> So few of them have, right? I mean, I figured. Yeah, well, like that was what was cool about the Communist Party. Those fuckers actually had hammers and sickles. Not in an Antifa way either. You got to be out, like you know, right? Like nineteenth-century communists. Like, hey, we're we're farming all the time. What the fuck? Wheat, some shit like that, right? <laughs> right, right. True worker. Right. Yeah. Well, I tell you, our conversation made me think of um, one of my favorite Bible verses, and I'm not I'm not a religious person, but I do like I do appreciate the the text for the wisdom as, and it's the First Corinthians thirteen eleven. Um, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that, you know, it's, it, I used to think that the reason that we have this 
perpetual adolescence in our culture was just because of some sort of like moral cultural entropy that we're experiencing in America. But I've come to believe that it's actually mostly as a result of inflation since the 70s. And the fact that in the yeah. 60s, you could graduate high school and you could buy a fucking house in a year working, you know, as a as a bartender, <laughs> you know, if you saved and you were in an inexpensive area and you could support a family in, in a trade then. But you can't now. And like, at, like, for example, my my uh, my brother-in-law, he lived with his parents until he was 30 and he had a great job. And he acted like an adult, but in Orange County, California, by God, it is hard to come up with a down payment for a house because if you want a one-bedroom condo, it's going to cost you half a million dollars. There's not a wow. lot of people in their 20s that can afford to do that, right? And I think that this inflation issue and the, the rising cost of living, particularly in urban environments, has perpetuated uh, uh, like a psychological childhood uh, in young adults. I mean, there are kids storming the beach in Normandy that were like 16, you know, yeah. it's just, a, but it, I don't think that people are really different. I think the environment is six, right? What'd you say? Now there's people playing call of duty at 36. Yeah. I think the you average know? age of a gamer is 33. Yeah. So it's like, well, you're right. I think that that doesn't, that has to have something to do with it. It's just harder now to do that, but that's only one factor. There's social, fa social factors. Like starting a family is not really something that, that people like are excited about doing, particularly women, they want to do it later in life. They want they put it off. They want to have their career. They're encouraged. They think that if they don't go conquer the world before they have babies, then they're a failure. You know, it's because they're you know, women's studies majors or whatever the gender studies, I guess now it is or whatever. But, you know, they so that's a factor. And then, the, again, the economics plays against having a family and then the lack of religion. Uh, as it fades away, you know, then that takes away that, the idea that that's a good thing to to procreate and stuff. Uh, it's Do you funny. Have any kids yet? No, man, no, I don't have any. I I sort of like that. I, and I think though I'm at an age where I'm getting to a point where there is a fatherhood. I don't know a pull towards it, right? Like towards being like a dad, and uh, that's why I like to express that with a woman that I meet, you know what I mean? Like I, I generally stand up trying to yeah. cheat or treat a woman that I, that I'm with like a child and, uh, and find ones that are into that. Yeah. Yeah, you will. You'd be a great dad. I can, I can tell. And I think you'd really enjoy it. I don't think that my kids would be afraid of me. Not, not like, you know, I mean, maybe a little bit, they should be a little bit afraid, but not like, I mean, I would want to be approachable as a dad. I wouldn't want to be a cool dad. I'd want to be approachable though. Yeah, I think I can just tell by your disposition. You'd be good, right? Yeah, I got a daughter. She just turned one, so I haven't really done the parenting thing so much as I have done like the ass wiping and feeding thing. Right, that's kind of generic. Just mm -hmm. hard work, right? Just another but, thing. Shit machine. But I will say it's a really rewarding experience, and it's not just bullshit when people say that it, something changes. I bet it's not, man. I bet it's. I never have thought that that was just bullshit because you can see it. You can see it, how it changes people, and some people it changes for the better. But depending on what you're doing, it can. I, I think when Opie uh, of O and A had a kid, I think that that kind of it's somehow it warped his perspective as far as like what he was doing, and I think you know that's look. I, this is me from a years of you know not paying attention to that kind of shit, but you know I. It, I think that generally, look what it did for Louis C.K. He had kids and he started thinking and he worked completely differently. It's like, uh, yeah, he, his whole career changed.
Stop beating off in front of people. Yeah. So um, I'm just well, I'm, I'm never going to stop doing that. I don't care how many. <laughs> that, that whole fucking Louis C.K. thing blows my mind because he did everything right. Yeah, he sure did. He asked for consent. They said yes. He went ahead. What's the fucking yeah. problem? Yeah. So are you just not supposed to have sex if you're successful? Exactly. That's what it is. They want to take away that power position that a man like even Sarah Silverman had his back. Remember, she's like, yeah, we we did that a couple of times. I liked it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sarah Silverman's always a little suspect, you know, to them. Absolutely. But I would have thought she wouldn't have had his back. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, she she'll say a 100 wrong things and then she'll say a right thing. And then the left chews her ass for it. You know, Uh, like she she has some sense. It's hard for her to contact it sometimes. I mean, during the during the the Trump years, nobody could find their fucking brain. It was the weirdest thing. It was just a complete yeah. derangement thing. And Louis C.K. was part of that. I mean, I think he got swept up sort of in the all the emotion of that, you know, with the Me Too bullshit. It seems like now wait, he might. That was yeah, that was during Trump, wasn't it? Me that Too happen? was was uh, immediately prior to oh, right I right mean, at the onset. Yeah, yeah, but he was but uh, he was president when Louis C.K. went away, right? I or believe was, so. It was really yeah. early. It was like 2016, though. It was early on. He did everything that he could do. And then he went away for a while and came back. And he came back, of course, like vicious, you know. And then he still tried to donate money to Biden's campaign. Biden's like, I won't take it. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. Even though Biden's like obviously done way worse personally. Yes. Jesus. I, had a, I, I got banned from TikTok because I posted a compilation video of Biden with kids. And like how weird he is. A problem. Why should that be a problem? <laughs> I don't right? know. I think TikTok thought I was like exploiting and abused children. I was like, so you're admitting he abused children? Yeah, that's an issue. <laughs> that's an <laughs> issue, man. It's important to me that you know the president not do that. Generally yeah. speaking, look, I should be able to take any footage of the president with kids and put it all together, and it should never be an issue. Never be right. A, no, right. It's not like he's the pope. He doesn't have the license to do that shit. I can't believe the Pope still like the Pope says shit now. And it's so down the line that you go, ah, fuck, man. I, like that institution, too. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that the Nazi Pope would be so much better than the current Pope. OK, so is everybody who's just fucking old and German and Nazi like automatically <laughs> he was in the Hitler youth? I mean, it's not like he had you had to be. Yeah. Well, you know, there's still a lot of people who weren't. <laughs> you know what I mean, it just seems like that might be kind of like, a, well, we don't want somebody who was ever part of Hillary. I mean, but I guess since he's divinely chosen or whatever, maybe they didn't have a choice. He was an interim Pope anyway. He was so fucking old. And, uh, you know, they. I, I don't really know what goes on with the Vatican. And I feel like I don't want to know. It, it, that seems like a mysterious, dark, horrible place to me. I have a theory. I'm going to run by you, see what you think. And I don't want to take too much of your time. So if, you, if we need to, like, move on to the next thing, uh, that's just let me know. But I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying this conversation. So my theory is that the Roman Empire never fell. It just became the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. Meaning that they're actually still in control of this like large amount of uh, territory, but they act like they're yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, the Catholic Church is like has the hearts and minds of a significant portion of the globe in terms of religion, right? The Vatican is loaded with money. It's totally protected. 
more property, right, than anybody except maybe Macau. Yeah, more than Rome ever owned. And and I think that all that pedophilia shit, people like to pawn it off as, oh, gay people want to be priests so that nobody finds out they're gay because then it's an excuse not to get married. I think that's bullshit. I think it's straight from Rome because the Romans did the pederasty shit. And I think that Rome just got absorbed by the church. After Constantine announced that uh, Catholicism was the official religion of the state, they, the, the, the Roman Empire basically became the same entity as the, as the church. I mean, the Pope crowned kings and emperors for years, hundreds of centuries. And I just think that it's just the, what remains of the Holy Roman Empire. It's the Catholic and, Church. And, and like, but not only just what remains of it, but, they, it, but that it remains like powerful. Like fairly, it, yeah. The yeah they could, as an empire. And, and, exactly. And, a lot more exactly realize okay i mean yeah politicians have to listen to him like so the, the vatican can't force anybody with military but the vatican but the pope can come out and say italians do not vote for this prime minister and they fucking won't because the pope said not to so the, wow. the politicians listen in these catholic countries to what the catholic church says i mean they, they get bullied for sure so just like when the empire was around it's just it's it's not they don't run the world you know but they but right. they have a lot of influence they, there's other you know, people who have influence in their way. You know, that's an interesting theory. I mean, when it became Byzantine, right? That was uh, just what was it was just fading out. Was that like a like yeah, it was the, by, it was Byzantium, and then it became Constantinople, named after Constantine. Constantine, and then now it's right. Istanbul because the Muslims took it. And it was so, I, that was the John Cougar Mellencamp phase, right? But even when even when like Rome fell and they stopped having emperors in the Senate. Like the Catholic, the Catholic Church is still housed in Vatican City in the middle of fucking Italy, isn't it? In Rome, yeah, and it's its own country, totally undisrupted. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird kind of designation. They're like, no, we'll we'll, we'll it's take the fucking it. Roman Empire, just rebranded, bro. Just like you know, and and this, the the capital is just really tiny, you know, just really it's it's it just sits there, but Rome itself still, because I've been to Rome. Uh, and uh, Latin until the seventies in church, man. I still think they should, you know what I mean? Preserve. It's cool. It's, I mean, cool. it's a, it's a cool way to do it. You don't have to really know what's going on. Uh, you go there, you worship, you get it over with, you know, like people fucking with the Catholic stuff is weird. One thing that I don't understand though, is that like, if they're like one of these, uh, I don't know, like pedophile apologist kind of like groups, you know, and, and that seems to go hand in glove with like, everybody getting letting go of religion and shit like that the lack of morals like to like the the way they want people to embrace people who are like noble pedophiles and shit like that like i want to fuck kids but i don't so you should accept that that's you know all that just garbage right and doesn't that work against you know their influence as a as a as, as a catholic unit i mean are they trying to go from well we're trying to really turn the corner from all this god religion shit and into total deviancy and uh it's a process yeah i don't i don't really know how to respond to that i i can only speculate but my speculation there's there's a couple of distinctions here first of all the catholic church has always formally publicly been opposed to molesting children so they've never actually tried to make an argument that it was right despite their behavior right, right. That, that's the first thing to consider the second thing to consider is I have a feeling that the um, uh, the molestation shit, the pedophilia that's going on in the Catholic Church, is something that is perceived within the church leadership as a 
outdated tradition. And so I think they're formally opposed to it and they're trying to fix it, but they turn a blind eye because it's been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years, all the way back to Rome when Rome accepted it and actually uh, supported it as a culture. Like your mentor would have a sexual relationship with you. You would get paired with an older grown man as a young boy. And I think that old, I think that it's like this thing where they're like, Hey, we know we're trying not to do this anymore. It's, you know, it's not cool. You know, times are different. And I think that they, um, I think that, that, that that's the attitude. And then the public persona is, you know, we're doing everything we can to stop it. This is terrible. We're trying to get to the bottom of it. But I think internally it's like, all right, you know, this has been going on for hundreds. It happened to me, it happened to the guy that did it to me, it happened to the guy that did it to him, you know, and this is just an old tradition that is outdated and we should stop doing it. But, you know, we don't necessarily think you're a bad person if you did it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that you could have, you know, varying degrees of like, you know, uh, molestation. I mean, I'm sure there were guys who were just into reaming that ass, you know, and then there's right. other guys give you a hand right. job yeah did you like, ream that's like the first question after their accusation was it a ream or was it a fondle well yeah fondle or ream you have right. to pick right because if about, you reamed we're sending you to alaska but if you fondled you can go to chicago <laughs> does it really make it a definitive part of their culture when I, that was going on with the greeks as well you know i mean and they're yeah the romans got it from the greeks right did they? I don't know. I mean, are they the ones that, that they took it from? The, I mean, they took everything else from the Greeks. I mean, I they guess took they their religion. They took their architecture, right? Doric, Ionic, Corinthian columns. And yeah. they, they took their, their uh, pederasty. And you can yeah. read about it in Plato's Republic. Uh, Plato was uh, was opposed to it. He's like, this shit's fucked up. What's that? But pederasty? Pederasty, yeah. Yeah, he, but he was probably opposed to it the way Washington was opposed to slavery. You know, when I die, this shit needs to end, right? I'll release. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It was like one of those things that they tolerated, that they were you know opposed to. Like Plato was into it, you know, but he's just like I. This is. I don't know if he did it. I don't know if he did it himself or not, but I think he tolerated it among other people. Whereas if I like had a buddy that I found out was like molesting kids, I would never talk to that person again. I think Plato was like, you know, we can still be buds, but I don't support what you're doing. <laughs> so how deep in the Catholic Church do you have to be before you just kind of go, yeah, this is part of the deal? I mean, it's it's got to be like not just your average priest. I mean. You know, did, did they have an understanding of that or are they just like sort of like when I think of a young priest, maybe they're not really learning that, like, by the way, you confront kids. Uh, it's allowed. Uh, we don't we don't we discourage it. We're trying to get rid of it. But, yeah, but know, the, the priesthood's like a it's like a fraternity, man. Like if you think of a college fraternity, every new class of uh, initiates that comes into a college fraternity there's a lineage back to the founders of the frat from 200 years ago or whatever. Right. I mean, there's like, there's the traditions, there's the hazing. And so what I think happened is that this sporadically spread throughout the globe as Catholicism spread through the missionaries. And there's just spots where it happens, spots where it doesn't really happen. And so I think there are priests that have like never encountered it because they became a priest and, you know, fucking Bloomington, Illinois, you know, like normal small town. But I think that there are communities that it's more rampant. That, and this is all just me speculating, man. I don't okay, know. I, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to take apart the theory, but like, how would it yeah. be conveyed? Because like pederasty is a much harder sell than like, you know, taking 30 uh, licks with a paddle or something. You know what I mean? Whatever it is they do. In sure. Sure. Pass down. Sure. You know, it seems like it, it could never be out and out said 
So maybe it's conveyed through some sort of subtle way. Uh, maybe they only, I mean, I don't, I really, I'm trying to imagine how this would be passed on. Uh, maybe people who are molested go into the priesthood and, and, you know, they go into all jobs, right? But then they just find themselves in a certain position within that job, within well, that. Think about, it like, think about it like this, Pat. What percentage of priests do you think were altar boys when they were in junior high? A hundred. I bet you they all were, right? The yeah. altar boys are the ones that become priests. Yeah. What percentage of molestations do you think occurred among altar boys? Yeah, sure. A lot of them, right? Like you know, a lot of one-on-one time with the priest. Now you're selling me. Now you're selling me. Yeah, because it starts, it's it's from a young age and molesters, they tend to do that. Or, or victims, you know, are, are, are yeah. like... Yeah. Okay. I get it. That's what I think. And I, and I don't think it's like everywhere in the church. I just think it's sporadic. Like it's, you know, it's diffused across the whole faith, but it's not like consistent across the whole faith. That's why like, you know, the chances are that a priest isn't molesting kids, but I mean, it's, you can roll the dice and maybe. Sure. It, 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 you know, it wouldn't be, you, you wouldn't want to be uh, say on the receiving end of it if you came out wrong and it was, you know I mean? Like you, you wouldn't want to put too much on it. Right. It's, it's not a sure bet that they won't be. Uh, I guess it's only been really, really wrong for how long though. I mean, like when did it become something that was just unspeakable? I don't know. I don't know. I imagine at least 500 years ago, a thousand years ago. When was the formal fall of Rome? 1200. Like that, yeah. Huh? Prob- that's probably when the whole pedophilia thing was kind of like, not cool. <laughs> Maybe it was during the plague. <laughs> I don't know. Or the middle age. I really, I mean, I guess it, it's, it's not something that you're supposed to do though. I do know that. And syphilis killed a lot of people, you know, when I think of old times, I think of like the shit they had to put up with like women, you get some pussy, it could be anything, you know, it's almost guaranteed that it's going to, there's going to be something wrong with it. If nothing else, it's going to really stink. You know, it's amazing that we're all still here when hygiene came along so late. Yeah, that's the truth, man. I guess That's if you're, I guess if you're in those earlier times, you're a little bit more of an animal, though, and a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe there's something raging inside. I mean, hell, you're gonna fuck something. So, <laughs> but that the whole Rome thing was crazy. I mean, those aqueducts that went into the city of Rome go out 300 miles from the city at a slight decline, so the water would pour in, and they had uh, fountains all over the city because the gravity would rush the water in, and they used fountains in the center of the city with that momentum, so that the water wouldn't ever be still and mold. So the it's water a, was actually pretty clean. The aqueducts are incredible. They're incredible. Yeah. The, the, the subtle angle that they roll down, you know, for so far. It's like that had to be very meticulously designed and then built. It's just like a, it's, ex- I have to post something right now. I hate to say it, but I'm, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. we can, up we can night. call it. We can call it. Dude, I, I, I would sit here and bullshit with you longer. Uh, I hope we do it again sooner than later. And, uh, Maybe yeah, this was on locals and do an interview with me. I would love that. Oh, I'd love to do that anytime, man. I'm gonna I'll end the stream right now.